Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 64 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign, and today we're going to pray against the spirit of perversion. Perversion is a sin that crept in all the way from the beginning, and it's one of the abominations listed in scripture that can bring curses and even judgment upon a nation. So today we're going to look at what the word of God has to say, and then we're going to pray in agreement with God and against the power of this demonic principality and all of the manifestations of it. Now I make it very clear that what I offer here is not my opinion or my feelings, but rather it is the word of God. It's God's truth. This is why I take the time to lay out the word of God before we pray every single day so that you can know that you are not deciding whether or not you are going to pray in agreement with me but rather that you are being given the chance to decide if you're going to pray in agreement with God. This is what it means to be in right standing or righteous. This is why the Bible says that the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and then there are all of these promises, powers, and provisions that are given to the righteous. Even eternal life is a promise that is only granted according to scripture to the righteous. But to be righteous means to be in right standing with God. In other words, to come into agreement with what he says is right. Not what we think is right. Not what we want to be right. Not what we feel is right. Not what our pride says is right. But what God says is right. We must choose to align ourselves with the word of God. My friend, we've got to be a people that are determined to stop begging God to take our side and then crying when things don't turn out right. When all the while he's been standing there with the line in the sand saying, no, no, it's your place to take mine. We are here to serve him. He is not here to serve us. We are trying to get into his kingdom. He is not trying to get into ours. We are in desperate need of his provision. He is not in need of ours. So today, my friend, we must make a decision. Are we going to come into agreement with his will or ours? We've got to make this decision right now and preface our heart because you see this thing of perversion. It's very strong. It's very deep rooted. Very often it is a generational issue. It is a generational curse. It is a demonic spirit that latches on to generations. And until that thing is broken by the blood of Jesus, because he came to free us and is fully able to recreate us and make us sons and daughters of the most high God. Because you see, my friend, the word of God says that Jesus came and became a curse that we might be redeemed from the curse and become the righteousness of God. But in order for us to recognize that we even need to be saved, that we even need to be redeemed from a curse, we've got to recognize whether or not we are under a curse. Now, for starters, everyone is under the curse of sin and death, which was brought upon us by Adam. This is an example of a generational curse because of the sin of Adam and Eve. 
And because they had no children, when this sin took place, they fell under the law of sin and death. In other words, if you sin, then you will die. And of course, in the Old Testament, death was synonymous with hell. Therefore, does it imply that if you sin, you die and go to hell. And therefore, every child that was born to them thereafter, which encompasses all of humanity, falls under that same curse because the curse is in the family. When they came into agreement with that evil spirit, they took on that evil spirit and every child born to them thereafter inherited that evil spirit until Jesus came that he might take away our heart of stone, give us a heart of flesh and put his spirit within us that we might then be led of a Holy Spirit and brought into newness of life. This of course applies to all sin, but it works the same way when we're dealing with perversion because it is a generational curse. You may see it manifesting in different ways, but when the enemy gets in, you can rest assured there will always be some form of perversion. And perversion simply means doing something right the wrong way. For example, we can pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is right, but if you present it in a wrong way, you have perverted it. And in the same manner, the typical area that we see perversion in, the area of sexuality, there is a right way. But anything outside of what is laid out in scripture to be God's way, the intended way, is a perversion of it. And therefore, does the spirit of perversion stand in the face of God in all pride and says, I will not listen to what you have to say. I will do it another way. It's truly at its root a manifestation of pride and it's meant to spite the authority of God. Now we don't always recognize that when we are the ones being manipulated by that spirit because spirits, they work on your emotions, they work on your feelings, they work on your logic, they work on your pride, they work through lies. And so we don't always come to realize the plot behind what they are leading us to do, but there is always an agenda, I can assure you. Now, the reason I come into this by letting you know that this can be a generational curse is because that when you're dealing with an issue of perversion, one of the first things you're going to often hear is, I was born this way. To this, my friend, I instruct you to say, that's okay. We were all born into sin. That's why Jesus came and died for us so that we don't have to stay in it. We were all born into a generational sin. That's why we have to be born again. So that the person in perversion is no different, no more damned, no more hopeless, no more unredeemable, and no more unreachable than any other person born in to any other sin. I want to give you hope today for those who have this issue in their family, for those who have been praying that God is a God of regeneration. He comes to offer us the opportunity to be born again without the sin, to have a new spirit put within us, that we would be led to new desires, that we would begin to follow the desires of his heart. Because you see, the Bible says that when he puts his spirit within us, then we will do his statutes and walk in his ways. Without that spirit leading us, we cannot walk in his righteousness, but by his grace, he empowers us. To be made a new creature in Christ. 
He gives us new life, new authority that when the enemy rises up against us, we can say, get ye behind me, Satan. I no longer have to listen to you. There is now no temptation that my God has not made a way of escape from that he has not empowered me to have authority over that I can take authority against those spirits, powers and principalities and I don't have to let them rule over me. Because I am born again into a new family with new authority. My friend, God can save you. He can change you. He can totally remake you. He can set your feet to dancing and put you on a path to destiny that you never thought possible. And as I've said before, I'll say it again. To prove this to us for all eternity, he used Paul. Paul's occupation was to be a murderer of the Christians. He had blood on his hand. He was vile. He was wicked. He was someone that we might consider to be unforgivable, unchangeable, unusable, unredeemable. But God said, nothing is too hard for me. Am I not God? And he reached down. And he took Paul and he saved him and he changed him. He converted him. He made him into an entirely new creature in Christ. A new man stepped forth. The old one had died, crucified and buried with Christ, with all of the sins and the lust therein. And a new man rose up into newness of life with a new path, a new destiny and a testimony to tell others that could help them overcome the lies of the enemy that God can do anything. God can use anyone. God can make you new. God is calling for you. He's got a fresh start, a new beginning. We just have to learn to believe him. And it starts with repentance. We've got to believe him. We've got to come to see the desperation of our situation that we are standing in opposition to his will and his word and that we are damning ourselves to hell. The wages of sin or death. God doesn't send us to hell. The wages of sin or death. What is a wage? It is something you earn for yourself. God has given the way of escape. We've got to have faith in it. Believe what we read in his word and grab hold of it and walk into the power of it. It's available for you today. God, I pray that you bring this revelation and that you break the lies of the enemy. As we begin to go through your word, Lord, I pray you make it come alive and show that this is not any man's opinion, but this is what you have said from the very beginning. And the enemy, he is a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is here trying to take souls and destinies out of the hands of the people that you have planted them in. There is a purpose for every life. There is a reason for every life under heaven but the enemy he is here to steal it away by getting an out of alignment with the plan that you had for it and your plan is grand it is so much greater than anything we could ever hope to accomplish or create by the works of our own hand but we've got to humble ourselves to what you have said so that we can walk in the power of it to see the greater things manifested I pray that everyone that would hear this would say Lord I want it to be me I believe 
that just like Paul, you can use me. You can make me into something amazing. Even though I am unworthy, unfit, and unable, you can do all things. Therefore, can I do all things if you are in me? I want you. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge that you are the king and I need your grace to come and empower me to walk in the destiny that you have for me. My friend, I assure you today that God is able, he is faithful, and he has made himself available. In Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, the word of God says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, in other words, humble and obedient and trusting, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. And hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He is reminding you how much God truly loves you. That he was willing to sacrifice. That Jesus was willing to suffer. That he might redeem you. That he might take you. That he might win your heart and bring you into his family. He doesn't lay these words out to control you or to condemn you. He lays them out because he loves you. And he wants to bring you into his family where there is power, provision, and protection from the enemy. However, it says, but fornication, which is any sexual relation or act outside of marriage between one man and one woman, and all uncleanness and covetousness, which is envy, let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. Not once. Let it not once. My friend, I'm telling you, there is a problem. In the church today that we think fornication is okay because of the culture. But it's not the culture that's going to judge us on judgment day. It is the words of this book. Do you know that Jesus said that I don't judge you? It's not me that's going to judge you. He said, but on the day of judgment, the book will be opened. And the words that are in this book, this will judge you. The words that Jesus had spoken because they were from God. Or the words that our life is going to be measured against. And that is what will be our judge. Because that he made the truth available. And we have the opportunity to choose to align ourselves with it. That we might escape the judgment of rejecting it. And in this we see. Saints, let not fornication or covetousness, which is envy or any uncleanness, be found among you not even once. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, which is a promiscuous or unfaithful person, it encompasses all the areas of Fornication, which is premarital, but also includes adultery, which is extramarital. And perversion, which is marriage that is not in alignment with what is laid out in the word of God. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. It doesn't matter what you've 
heard or what the enemy has spoken into your ear or what you want to believe this is the word of God and he says let nobody deceive you with vain words no one who is guilty of these things have any inheritance in the kingdom of God and it is because he loves you enough that he is willing to lay it out so plainly that we might come to the place that we recognize that we need a savior that we need him to save us from this that we would repent of it turn away from it call on the power of his grace by faith to help us to walk free from it because he doesn't want you to damn yourself by it he says let no man deceive you with vain words that it is because of these things that the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience why is it disobedience because it's disobeying the word it's what God said it's not our opinion it's not our feeling that's not how this works we have to come into agreement with God and if we do not we face the wrath to come he continues to say be ye not therefore partakers with them that do these things for ye were sometimes darkness but now are ye light in the Lord walk as children of light this is an encouragement because Paul is talking to Christians here and he's warning them let none of these things be once found among you because they will steal your soul they will damn you to hell even if you are already a Christian if you continue to do these things you will have no inheritance in the kingdom you might profess the name but you will be one of those on judgment day that comes up to Jesus and says Lord Lord we called you Lord and we've done things in your name and he will say depart from me you are still working iniquity I never knew you you're not really mine you might have thought you were but you never came into agreement with my word however the encouragement is also given here that Paul makes it very clear that some of the people he's talking to who are now free once were bound by these sins and abominations therefore were they delivered and changed and set on a path of destiny and he is giving them a warning not to return to the things that they had previously learned but to stand firm in the word and the truth of our God who paid a price to redeem us from this curse and these lies he continues to say, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Paul is saying that we can have no part in these unholy acts, or those who continue to participate in them. But there is still hope for them that God is offering the light, the truth, the way of escape to everyone. He's offering it to you. However, the only way a person is going to know that there is light and that they are in darkness is if we in love are willing to reprove and rebuke and speak forth that these things are not accepted by the Lord. Paul says that it is a shame to have to even talk about this 
but the truth must be brought to light and the wrong reproved that some might be saved from the damnation of it. Because that's what real love does. It fights for you, just like Jesus did, even though those he was trying to save often hated him for it and eventually killed him because of their pride. Still, he was willing to offer them the truth at the cost of his very life. And today, my friend, I am willing to tell you with all assurity that these things will keep you out of heaven. And I pray that there are a people out there who will love you enough to be willing to speak that truth to you also. Church, we've got to be willing to tell people, not out of pride, out of bitter, out of hatred, but we've got to be willing to reprove sin. We've got to be willing to rebuke and to show them in the word that these are not our opinions, but that these are things that will damn their soul to hell, that they are on their way to utter destruction and torment for all eternity. They are facing damnation because of the abominations that have been brought into the culture of this nation and that the children have been made to think think are okay and normal they are not they are perversions fornication will send you to hell any sexual activity outside of marriage between one man and one woman adultery will send you to hell extramarital affairs outside of the relationship between the one man and the one woman of which you are married under God committed to by a holy covenant and according to Jesus, this applies even to the mind and the heart, which encompasses pornography. That even if you are not in physical contact with a person, if you lust in your heart and in your mind, it is the same sin as adultery. Yes, my friend, I am here to tell you that if you are engaged in pornography, you are not saved. According to the word of God, anyone who has any part in these things have no inheritance. In the kingdom of heaven, I don't care if you're in the pew or in the pulpit, you are in sin. And when you stand before him on the day of judgment, he will say, you cannot enter in. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't care how much you prophesied. I don't care how much you preached. I don't care how many beautiful songs you sang. I don't care how many services you attended. You didn't turn away from iniquity and sin. I laid the word before you. Why did you not agree with it? homosexuality these are sins that will keep you from heaven and worse than that when they are accepted by a culture they actually bring judgment upon an entire nation because that the culture is in agreement with sin that causes damnation molestation pedophilia bestiality the list is extensive Paul said that there were things going on that were too bad to even mention in public. Incest. All of it is uncleanness and it will keep you out of the kingdom. Because those that do such things are led by another spirit. These are fruits of the flesh. They are manifest proof that you are drawing from an unholy root. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is not in you or you would be producing the peaceable fruits of righteousness therefore do you know in this life that you are not right with him and you are not ready to meet the judgment my friend it is time to repent and for the church to call for repentance again when is the last time you heard this preached in your church oh we don't want to offend but my friend, 
when you see all the souls that were meant for the kingdom march full on into hell because you did not tell them how offended do you think they will be then? As I said, the list is extensive, so I will simplify it. Instead of telling you all the things that are wrong, I will just tell you what is right according to the word of God. Anything outside of the confines of marriage between one man and one woman according to scripture is perversion. Because you see, the fact that perversion is doing something the wrong way, it brings us to that place where we have to understand that most perversions begin with pride. When we decide that we know better than what God says is right. In Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 21, we see the progression of this. When Paul said, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God ought to be like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped a God of their own making, idols made to look like people or beasts. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise amen and that's why god abandoned them to their shameful desires and even women turning against the natural use of their body and instead indulged with each other and the men instead of having normal sexual relations with women burned with lust for each other men did shameful things with other men and as a result of this sin they suffered within themselves the penalties since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never have been done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hatred, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's judgment requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Yet worse, they encourage others to do them also. This is what the first chapter of Romans has to say about the progression that a people go through when they allow perversion to take hold of them, which stems from a root of pride when they come to that place when they will not obey the word of God. When they choose to say, we know better than what God knows. We're going to take a step in this direction. It spirals out of control until you have what this passage expresses. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom. This is what I mentioned earlier about how only the righteous will enter the kingdom of God. Not our righteousness, God's righteousness. In other words, not what we think is right, what God says is right. Anyone who is not in alignment and living out what God says is right will not 
make it into heaven according to his word, the word that will judge us according to Jesus on the day of judgment. It says, know ye not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So be not deceived. Again, he keeps warning you, don't be deceived because the enemy is going to try to deceive you. People are going to try to deceive you. There's even going to be some preachers that are going to try to deceive you so that you'll come and drop some money in the collection plate when in actuality they're selling your soul to hell for profit according to the Bible because they're more concerned about getting your money than saving your soul. They're not telling you the truth. Paul warns us yet again, be not deceived that neither fornicator, nor idolater, nor adulterer, nor homosexual, nor abuser of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, which is envious, nor drunkard, nor reveler, nor extortioner shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, and ye are sanctified, and ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. This is an encouragement in the end, my friend, that he is telling you. If you are guilty of these things, you don't have to stay in that sin. Because he's letting you know that these people in the church of Corinth, some of them were guilty of these things. Some of them had been homosexual. Some of them had been drunkards. Some of them had been envious people. Some of them had been fornicators and adulterers and idolaters and thieves and revelers. Some of them had been in the sin, but they had been saved, born again, converted, changed, set free, washed by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ and filled with the Spirit of God that they might walk in newness of life. Friend, he did it for them and can do it again. He will do it for you. He'll do it for your loved one. It's time to press in and start praying. This sin is no worse than any other sin. It's just that the culture has caused us to accept it. That we're coming to that place that Paul warned of in the book of Romans where we decide not to agree with the word of God anymore. And it's a downward spiral that we don't want to go on. In the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. And they serve to us as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. My friend, God gives us today the example of Sodom and Gomorrah, a nation who embraced the abominations of perversion. It will bring judgment upon an individual who agrees with it, but it will also bring judgment upon a nation who embraces a culture of it. We've got to start praying against this demonic principality of perversion, that it turn this generation loose, that it turn our nation loose in the name of Jesus. We take authority against you, you spirit of perversion. In all of your manifestations, we call you out and we command that you loose, that you cease and desist. We bind you by the blood of the lamb. We take away the temptation and we cancel the curse that you have placed on this land. In the name of Jesus, it is null and void now because we do not agree with you. We stand in agreement and alignment with the word of God, the word of truth. We are in right standing with him and we break agreement with you and all of your sins in the name of Jesus. 
I cast you out of the mind. I cast out the lies that hold. I cast out the pride that binds in the name of Jesus. And I command that every person under the sound of my voice be set free from every form of perversion. From the greatest to the least in the name of Jesus. Let me explain to you, my friend, the danger of allowing this sin in on a personal level, on a spiritual level. The Bible says that sexual sins are a sin against the body. It's a sin within. It's a sin that actually defiles your temple. Remember that we are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit seeks to indwell our temple. But if you defile your temple, what do you think the Holy Spirit's going to do about that? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 15 says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? We are joined to Christ. And when we join ourselves to Christ, we partake of his spirit. But if we join ourselves to any other person, then we partake of their spirit also. In other words, anything that's in their temple now gets in your temple. Do you get where I'm going with this? Watch what Paul says. He says, shall I take the member of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? Do you understand what he's saying here? The Bible says that when a husband and wife are together, they become one flesh. It's not a piece of paper that does that. It's the consummation of the marriage, the coming together. And anytime that happens, even if it's a one night stand, my friend, you are becoming one flesh. In other words, any spirit that is in them is now given access to you. You have become one temple. Your temple is defiled. You have let those other spirits in and the Holy Spirit will have no part with it. He will not share his glory with another. He will not reside in a defiled temple. He will depart. Therefore, does no whoremonger have any inheritance in the kingdom of God? I've explained this many times to many young people, trying to get them to understand the severity of what this is. Do you understand that this is why witchcraft, Satanism, Kabbalism, and all manner of paganism always involves, always involve perverse acts in their ritualism? Because they understand what Paul was saying here. Paul was saying that our body is a temple, but so is everybody else's. And not everybody's temple is full of the Holy Spirit. And when you join to another temple, whatever was in that temple is now in your temple spiritually. I've explained this to young people and you would be surprised the testimonies that I've gotten. I told this to one young girl one time and her face got white as a ghost. And she said, oh my gosh, I know why God's having you tell me this. She said, I have never in my life had thoughts of suicide. That's not who I am. It's not who I've ever been. But my boyfriend... He has this problem. And since we have entered into this sin and become one flesh, I've been having these impulsive, overpowering thoughts of suicide. And I now understand that it was the spirit in him that got in because of the fornication. My friend, this is a serious thing and it is ruining this nation. The church needs to be willing to address it. We shouldn't have to. Paul said it is a shameful thing. We should not even have to talk about this in public. My friend, I'm a relatively young minister, but I'm very old-fashioned at heart. This is not a comfortable conversation for me. 
This is not something that I like to have to speak about, but I know that there is a need and I am ready to cast this thing out. And if we're not willing to reprove and rebuke and shine the light on this darkness, there are going to be countless numbers of souls that are going to march headlong into hell. And when we stand before Christ, he's going to say, why didn't you tell them? So today, my friend, I am laying this out to you as simply as I can. This is a sin that will send you to hell. It will let the enemy in. It will destroy your soul and it will curse your nation. If we don't start to take it seriously, preach against it, be willing to confront it. Not out of pride or arrogance or hatred, but out of love, mercy and compassion and desperation for a soul and a nation that is facing damnation because of this abomination. Paul says, do you not know that he who joins himself to a harlot is one body with that harlot? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Therefore flee fornication, run away from it. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body, his temple. He defiles his temple. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. God, you bought us with a price. You paid a very high price that we might come before you and say, we are not our own, but we are humble unto you, O Lord God. And we want to be joined unto you, members of the body of Christ, being led of the Holy Spirit of God, filled with your spirit. But to have that, we have to have a clean temple, washed by the blood, filled with your spirit, and undefiled by any form of perversion, which, yes, minister includes pornography. This is a major issue in our land today because it's a hidden sin. It's a sin within and people think they can get away with it. But I assure you, it will keep you out of the kingdom. And it's one of those things that will let many other spirits in. It is a gatekeeper to the spirit of perversion. It will open the gates to many wicked things that will spiral worse and worse and worse and worse so cut it off at the root deal with it now I am telling you God we pray for the youth of this nation we pray for the church of this nation we pray for the lost of this nation God we pray for those who are being deceived by the homosexual agenda Lord because it is stealing their destiny Lord there are so many that you have a plan for but because they are being influenced to move out of alignment with your word and your will they're missing the best that you have for them they're missing their placement in the kingdom and the greater things that you hoped to manifest through them God we pray for them we weep for them we cry out for them we beg your mercy for them God we plead that you come down from your throne and free them from this sin that they might not walk in the judgment of it Lord we come before you humbly and we repent individually and as a nation as a people of not dealing with this abomination of letting it slide and saying well it's a private thing it's somebody else's issue 
Lord, we have to be willing to be more concerned about their soul than our comfort or our offense. God, we got to be willing to speak the truth that light might be exposed on the darkness. Father, we repent of our apathy and our unwillingness to speak the truth of your word. Lord, we repent of any perversion that may be in our own hearts. If there be anyone under the sound of my voice and you know that you are not right in any of these areas, just lay it now before the Lord and say, God, I see your word. I come into agreement with it, into alignment with it. I believe it by faith faith. Send me your grace. Put your spirit within me. Renew me. Rejuvenate me. Give me that new birth experience that I might be made a new man, a new woman in Christ and walk in the fullness of new life. God, I want to be used by you. I want to be pleasing to you. I want to be found in right standing when I stand before you on that great day. God, I believe that you can save. So I call upon your name, Jesus Christ. Save my life. Take my life. Change my life. I want to be counted a pure and spotless bride. And now in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every generational curse that has been placed on people through generations that this perversion has moved through. It is broken now by the blood of the lamb because you became the curse that we might take your righteousness. So I thank you for the divine exchange that is taking place right now in Jesus name. Generational curses be broken. Lies of the enemy be broken. Chains fall off. Bondages be loosed now in the name of Jesus. From this day forth, let us go forth. A new creature in the Lord. A child of God. Part of his family. That we receive his blessings. And not the cursings of the previous spirit. But the blessings of the new spirit. Because we walk as a new man in Christ. And we breathe you in Lord. As a representation of having that fresh start that breath of life just knowing that the weight is off now in Jesus name and we are changed and now we come together unified in the unity of the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and we stand with authority and with power against that principality of perversion and all the powers that come forth from it that manifest through molestation, through pornography, through homosexuality, through fornication, through adultery, through incest, through any form of wickedness in this area. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus and we break it. We break it over our lives. We cast it out of our homes. We are not in agreement with it. You cannot be in the land of my inheritance. You cannot be in my territory. Our bodies, our minds, our homes are the dwelling space of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And only he is welcome here now and forever in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak it forth into the atmosphere. We make a decree and a declaration. We set our foot down and we say no more in the name of Jesus. Every other spirit's got to flee. You got to go. You are leaving the territory now. And now we claim the territory of our towns and of our churches and of our schools in the name of Jesus. Of our workplace in the name of Jesus. Spirit of perversion, your power is broken. You turn loose the generations in the name of Jesus. And we command that the power of that principality be broken over our nation. You will not take another generation. We will speak out no matter what people think about us for it. 
Because even though they will say that we are speaking hatred, we will know in our heart that it was a desperate plea of love that we are willing to send that truth forth. Because in the end, my friend, even if it offends them now, they will thank you knowing that you were trying to save their soul from hell. Everyone will be brought to the truth at one point or the other, either in this life or in the next. And more than all of that, I don't want to stand in offense with my God or his word that says that if we see someone who is walking in their sin and they die therein and we did not warn them, then their blood will be found on our hands. My friend, this is a sin that is stealing the power of the church. Because that when we are not willing to speak the full counsel of God's word, our hands become bloodied, dirtied, defiled, which strips us of the power and the anointing of our God that the king of glory cannot enter in through those who do not have clean hands. My friend, we've got to be willing to speak the full counsel of God's word. Again, I'm not telling you to go and beat somebody down. I'm telling you to get on your face and start crying out. Get a word from the Lord. Get a burden in your heart. Weep and wail and fast until you see deliverance come to pass. He will put a word in your mouth. Let it come out. It's time for God's people to stop pouting and start preaching and prophesying and proclaiming and taking dominion. It is our right. It is our inheritance. It is our commission from the very beginning to take dominion. And we take dominion today from the powers and principalities of perversion in the name of Jesus. Your power over this generation is broken now. We Speak it out and we will stand and see it played out in the nation in Jesus name. This is our declaration in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our King. We will see it come to pass. I pray that today you set the captives free. My friend, if there be someone in your family that is bound by the lies of this enemy, I want you to speak their name out right now. And together we all come into agreement with those names that are being lifted up to the heavenlies. Lord, that the chains be broken, that they be set free, that they be put on the path to the destiny that you have for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, our King, our God is able. Is anything too hard for him? Give him some praise. Give him some glory. Give him some thanks. Release your faith today. He is able. He is faithful. And he is available to break the curse of the sins of perversion. We thank you, God, for your purity, for your perfection, for the blood that washes white, and for the spirit that empowers us to walk in newness of life. I pray that you pour it today on every name that has been lifted up as we have prayed, and we thank you for it, that you have made a way of escape out of every temptation. By the power of your grace, which is the power of the Holy Spirit to abstain from sin and walk in the power of the kingdom. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.